Good morning. Today is Monday, December 7th, 2020. This week's Parsha is the Parsha Vayeshev, and it begins as follows. Vayeshev Yaakov Be'eretz Megurei Aviv Be'eretz Canaan. Yaakov settled in the land of the place where his fathers traveled, the land of Canaan. Ela told those Yaakov, Yosef ben Shvas Reishana. These are the generations of Yaakov. Yosef was 17 years old, and he was a, uh, a young boy, obviously, and he was a shepherd taking care of his father's flocks. And um, he was not so popular with the rest of his family. One of the reasons was, Yosef would come to his father and tell his father the negative things that his brothers had done. It's not going to endear you to your brothers, okay? However, the Torah says, V'Yisrael ahav es Yosef Yaakov loved Yosef more than any of his other sons. Kiben Zukunim Hulo, because he was the child of his old age. Yaakov was already at an advanced age when Yosef was born. For also lo Ksona's Pasid. And Yaakov made for Yosef something that he did not make for any of the other brothers. Ksona's Pasim, a special kind of a coat, different interpretations, a coat of many colors or a coat of great um, uh, beauty, or something that was more expensive than what the other brothers had. But he made, gave something to Yosef that he did not give to the others. And his brothers saw that Yaakov favored Yosef over them. And they had uh, resentment against him. They were not able to speak to him peacefully. They were not able to speak to him in a civil manner because they were jealous. There was enmity. I mentioned before our rabbis say from this that a parent should never show favoritism to one child over another. Yaakov showed favoritism to one child over another, to Yosef over the other brothers. And look what happened as the story unfolds this week's Parsha, next week's Parsha, next week's, to the end of Bereshis. It unfolds that the brothers were jealous. The brothers sold Yosef. Yosef became a slave in Egypt. He rose up into power to become second in command. Finally, when there was a famine, Yosef arranged for his whole family to move down to Egypt, which on the one hand saved them all from the famine in, in, in Israel, but of course, that was the beginning of a long and terrible and violent persecution and exile in Egypt where we suffered tremendously. And all of that suffering and exile and all of that difficulty comes as a result of this original action of Yaakov showing favoritism to one child over the others. Our sages say, don't do that. In fact, this passage is incorporated into Jewish law. The Rambam, Maimonides, in his Mishnah Torah, his main work of halacha, of Jewish law, has a section of inheritance. And the Rambam discusses the laws of inheritance. 
And the Rambam says, Tzivu Chachamim, our sages, our rabbis have commanded, not suggested, not invited, not mentioned, not recommended, Tzivu, commanded, Shlo Yeshane Adam Ben Abonim B'chayav Afilu B'dvarmuat, a person should not treat one child differently than the other, even in a small manner. If that slice of cake is even slightly bigger than the other one, you're going to have problems. You're going to have enmity. You're going to have jealousy. You're going to have problems. In order not to come to envy and jealousy, Ka'ache Yosef im Yosef, like actually happened in our Parsha between Yosef and his brothers. This becomes a halacha, a requirement that brothers should not be treated differently, siblings, children of, of a person, should not be treated differently. The Torah has a unique system of inheritance, very different than the system of inheritance we're used to in our society, and that is, it is a system that is non-directed. In other words, the Torah prescribes when a person dies automatically who inherits and how much. It's not left up to the discretion of the parent, not subject to adjustment, it's sim and also it doesn't have to be adjudicated. It simply transfers automatically upon death. For example, when a father dies, the estate that is left should be divided as follows. Assuming there is a wife, now a widow, and daughters, the wife and the daughters are the first to receive from, from the inheritance, and they receive support. They receive a generous support that is uh, specified in the Mishnah and the Talmud that takes care of their needs, and they are the first to receive before anyone else receives any inheritance. After the wife and the daughters are taken care of, then the sons inherit equally, except for the fact that if there is a firstborn son, the firstborn son receives a double share. Rabbi Samshul Ful Hirsch writes, the purpose of the firstborn son receiving a double share is that the firstborn son takes over the responsibility from the father to look out for all of his younger siblings and to use that extra money as is needed by each one of the children. So he is given that extra amount to be able to fairly take care of the needs of each person in the family. That's what the Torah says. Later, our rabbis came to see that this does not always work the way it is supposed to work. And there were situations where um, maybe the brothers were not fair in the support that they gave to their mother and their sisters. Maybe the firstborn was not fulfilling his obligations and responsibilities. And therefore, our sages suggested later in Jewish history that the better way to do this is that every heir should receive the equal same amount. Give the same amount. But if that differs from the Torah's designation, 
How does it work in Jewish law? So there are a couple of different methods that are suggested in Jewish law. One is to rely on a secular will. A secular will written in accordance, let's say if we're living in Quebec, in accordance with the laws of Quebec, that secular will will take precedence over whatever distribution Jewish law requires because of a principle of dina de malchusa dina. The law of the land is considered the law certainly in monetary areas. Dividing an inheritance is a monetary area. If I have a Quebec document, a civil will, that says that each of the heirs receives the exact same amount, that supersedes what Jewish law says about the sons getting and not the daughters, the firstborn getting double, and therefore one way to look at it is simply to write a Jewish uh, a civil will and to rely on that. That's number one. Another methodology by which that civil will might work is a moral concept in the Talmud, mitzvah l'kayim divrei hames. It is a mitzvah to fulfill the instruction a person gives after they have passed away. If a person says to his children, listen, this is what I want. I want each child to get exactly the same. That becomes a mitzvah for the children to listen to, just like any other instruction that the parent gives before they pass away. And therefore, the civil will that indicates that each child receives the same amount would be an expression of the parent's will, and therefore there would be a halakhic obligation for the children to follow that based on this principle, mitzvah l'kayim divrei hames. It's a mitzvah to fulfill the words of someone after they passed away. There is another approach in Jewish law, and that has to do with a halachic will. This refers to a document. There's more than one type. It refers to a document that achieves the same thing, but through a document that is valid according to Jewish law. For example, even though it is true that when a person dies, their estate is divided according to the laws of the Torah, but during a person's lifetime, a person can give gifts to whomever he wishes to give or she wishes to give in any amount. And therefore, if a person wishes to make sure that after their lifetime, their estate will be divided equally, there is a document in Jewish law that they can execute that will create a division of giving gifts during lifetime that will equalize the estate among all of the heirs and it will take place just a moment before death happens so that it's actually a gift given during life as opposed to an inheritance given after death. And as I say, there are a couple of different forms that this document can take. However you go about it, several different options, it is essential that we treat all heirs equally, especially when you think you have a reason not to, because that's the situation that can lead to terrible enmity and terrible jealousy and terrible arguing that can break apart families, God forbid, not only in the immediate aftermath, but for years to come and even generations to come. And it is 
an obligation on parents to make sure that they arrange their affairs in such a way as to leave harmony and calm within their family and not the opposite. Whenever you're thinking about how you're going to dispose of your estate, how you're going to divide it, whatever you're going to do with it, always remember this passage. Always remember what happened to Yosef and do not allow that to happen to your family. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.